Jesus said from Luke chapter 14, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. All of you gathered here this evening, those of you joining us through our uh, cable broadcast, perhaps at home, maybe watching this uh, through a live stream or, or, uh, or later on in time, whatever the case may be, I don't suppose you're familiar with the term etiquette. Well, if you are, you know that it's um, oftentimes a, a set of rules that accompany a particular event or occasion. And in many cases, these um, rules of etiquette are, are not something that are necessarily obvious or something that people can figure out without being taught. So, for example, there are rules of etiquette when you're, for example, out on the golf course. And there's rules of etiquette when you're at a sporting event. There's rules of etiquette, um, whether you be uh, uh, sharing different drinks or there's rules of etiquette when you meet somebody for the first time. There's rules of etiquette that, that may differ from place to place or, or culture to culture. A couple of them that, that caught my attention. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, apparently it is proper etiquette that um, if you happen to be in some of the eastern countries like Japan or, or otherwise, that, that if you are served soup, that it is proper etiquette to actually slurp your soup because that sends a message that apparently you are enjoying that. I don't know, I think we should adopt that one here. I, I like to slurp. Um, you, you may know that uh, when it comes to royalty, for example, in, in England, there are all sorts of rules that, that deal with royalty. And, and one of them, of course, is uh, that if you were ever to meet the queen, you would never, ever touch her unless she would first extend her hand to you. About a year or so ago, you might recall that, um, that uh, there was a royal wedding with uh, Meghan Markle and uh, Prince Harry, I believe. And um, apparently the queen put out a 22-page uh, document about all of the rules of etiquette that would go with such a wedding. And um, some of them make sense, and other ones you may scratch your head, but ultimately say, well, when in Rome, do as the Romans. Or if you got invited to the royal wedding, do what they expect you to do. The reason I'm inviting us to consider this concept of etiquette is because as we hear our readings for today, especially our gospel reading, it seems as if Jesus sets out some rules of etiquette, and maybe it would do well for us to examine what he says, but, but to do so in the context of something that he referenced. Namely, like we talked about the royal wedding, but let's talk about a wedding that maybe is more familiar to you or me. 
a wedding that either you participated in or maybe that there's one that you're in the process of planning for yourself or a son or daughter or, or for a friend. There's a lot that goes into wedding planning. In fact, some people decide that they're going to hire somebody to be their professional, official wedding planner and take care of all the details. Whether it's everything from how soon you should mail out the invitations to um, knowing what type of gifts to give to the bridal party and such. But I'd invite you, if you've had any experience at all with planning a wedding, I'd invite you to consider just a couple aspects of such a wedding. And even if you've never been involved or planning one, I, I think it's something that you could relate to. And the first uh, big question is, is often surrounding the guest list. Namely, who to invite. For what it's worth, I am following that very brief outline that is located in your worship folder. And so under uh, Roman numeral one, the first question to deal with is who to invite. So how do you figure that out? How many people? Where is the place and how much money do you have? A lot of those things impact who you're going to invite. Of course, the typical process is that between a bride and a groom, maybe they split up the number of invitations once it's determined how many total people they might be able to invite. And then once that number has been established, it usually goes something like this in order of importance, doesn't it? That certainly the, the bride and the groom are going to invite their family. I mean, it just goes without saying that their immediate family and, and grandparents, perhaps, aunts and uncles, maybe cousins, depending on how close-knit a family or how tight they are together, it might even reach out beyond that. But family is certainly one of the key people that gets invited. But obviously, it's not only family, usually. There's usually any number of friends that are able to be invited. Of course, you want to celebrate this big day with your friends, whether it be friends of the bride and the groom, or maybe it's friends of the parents, or however that gets determined. Probably a little bit lower on the list, and this, of course, depends on availability and, and money, but those who might be invited who are uh, single, can you invite their guest? Can you say, um, bring yourself and a guest along? And then finally, you almost have to always consider, well, what about kids? Are, are kids going to be invited? I mean, I'd love to invite my cousins, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to invite all of their kids because in a lot of cases, every mouth that comes is, well, it's another plate that has to be paid for. I don't know if you noticed it, but Jesus had something to say about who to invite to a banquet. And in this case, I think he kind of takes our rules of etiquette and for some reason turns them upside down. I don't know if you noticed that. Now, granted, he isn't necessarily speaking about a wedding, 
And so I think we need to keep that in mind. But even so, Jesus' choice of who to invite is quite a bit different. In fact, it's from the last part of our gospel lesson that when he says to the man who invited him for this banquet, he says, when you invite somebody, when you hold a banquet, don't invite your friends or your family or your rich neighbors. Instead, Jesus says this. He says, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Interesting. Jesus would invite those who would be least expected on our guest list. Those who might be considered the last person we would invite to a special event. And yet he says, this is my rule of etiquette. Invite those who can't pay you back. Invite those who are unable to pay you back. Invite those who, by doing so, you demonstrate absolute, unconditional grace with no expectation of anything in return. I don't know, is that going to change your guest list for your next event? That's not the only thing that Jesus had something to say, and certainly not the only thing that, that weddings and other banquets are, are involved with, because another very important part of any wedding is determining where everyone is going to sit. Now, those of you who are familiar with church weddings know that um, it's almost always traditional that, um, that the bride side of things, family and friends, sit on the, well, if you're looking at the front, it would be the left, wouldn't it? And the groom side over here. And that typically it's the parents and immediate family of the bride and the groom that get to sit in the front row and grandparents before perhaps have special seating. And then you go through all of these types of things of figuring out where everybody's supposed to sit. But that's just the church ceremony. How about when you get to the reception? How do you figure that out? Do you assign tables? Do you actually make out little name tags where everybody knows who they're going to sit with and then you actually get to do some social engineering if you're the one who's doing that, figuring out that, oh, we're going to put these people with these people? Or do you just simply say, oh, you're assigned to table 10 and you've got to figure out who you're going to sit next to? Or do you only reserve the places for the bridal party and maybe the uh, immediate family, but then all the other tables you kind of leave open to just first come, first served? There's a lot to think about. But again, it's interesting that in our reading for today, Jesus had something to say even about seating arrangement. Now, he did so not from the position of someone who was assigning seats, but rather from the position of someone who was attending. And he gives what, what seems to be kind of logical advice, but maybe something that we wouldn't expect Jesus to be all that interested in anyway. 
He says, you know, when you go to a banquet or you go to a wedding feast, don't go and sit in the most honored spot. Otherwise, you might be embarrassed. Someone might have to say, uh, I'm sorry, but you're sitting in the, uh, the bride's seat. You can't sit there. None of us would make that mistake, would we? But then he says, rather sit way at the back, way out of the way. And that way, if the host comes and says, oh, you're supposed to sit up here, then things turn out much better for you. Why does he share that? It was at this point, wrestling with these words of Jesus, where I think it's appropriate to ask the question is, is this really all there is that, to what he's saying? Is this what he's concerned about that you and I, that his listeners of that time, are not going to be embarrassed at some social situation? Doesn't it seem like Jesus usually is concerned about a little bit higher things, more important things than just social interaction? Well, I'm not sure we always know for sure exactly what Jesus gets at when he gives us his teachings that are recorded in God's word. But I think he summarizes that whole section very well when he talks about having humility. True humility, Jesus would say, is not something that you should have to think about and pretend like you have humility. As if you could come across and say, wow, wasn't that great? Look at how humble I was. No, <laughs> that's usually not a sign of true humility. Rather, Jesus is very aware that our sinful nature is almost always looking for ways to exalt ourselves, to make ourselves stand out, to get others to notice us, to get others to appreciate or to see what great things we've accomplished or, or what we possess or how great we looked or what we can do. And through it all, Jesus says, be humble. Again, Jesus' rules of etiquette. I'm not sure how good I would do at following these rules. And so I think that comes to what I would say is the final point of our gospel lesson. It's actually what began the gospel lesson. Namely, this account of Jesus healing a man who had, uh, as the Bible calls it, dropsy. Now, you may have to look that one up, but apparently dropsy is, is nothing more than, than intense swelling, perhaps because of uh, congestive heart failure, perhaps because of some lung problem, incredible swelling of fluid in the, in the extremities, especially legs and so forth. I know that any number of you have had to deal with that or have had a loved one with that. But this man was at this party as well. Some would wonder whether he was really invited or if he was brought there to be, if you will, a trap for Jesus. Because the day that Jesus attended this gathering was a Sabbath. And they knew, 
Those who invited him knew that Jesus couldn't resist seeing somebody who was ill and heal them. And so some believe that this was nothing more than absolutely making use and manipulating this poor individual to being there just so they could trap Jesus in some way. But notice how Jesus once again sees right through and he begins the question with perhaps what they wanted to trap him with. He says, friends, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And then he heals the man. And then he tells that account and says, which of you, if something were to go wrong with your son or with a family member or one of your animals on the Sabbath and fall into the well and be in peril, which of you wouldn't immediately pull them out and help them, even if it is the Sabbath? And they all knew the answer. You see, I think this is a way of Jesus talking about when to break the rules. You see, when it comes to etiquette, sometimes common sense needs to carry the day. Sometimes those rules of etiquette, as good and as well and as wonderful as they may be, need to be thrown out the window when it comes to showing love to our fellow man. And Jesus was able to demonstrate that with the etiquette of the Sabbath rules. Rules that he explained could be broken. Now as you and I look at that, perhaps we are tempted to say, well, there we go. You see, Jesus said it's okay to break the rules and so why don't we look at things that way? I mean, after all, who of us is able to live the perfect life? And so if we aren't ever able to condemn somebody else because they can come back and say, well, you're guilty of the same thing, well, then why don't we all just consider, hey, let's just do what makes sense and, and not worry about it. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> but you see, Jesus would make a distinction between those things which are rules of etiquette and those things pertaining to God's holy law. You see, as he told these parables and accounts, he did so from the perspective, not just of being a guest at somebody's banquet, but of being the one who would host the most incredible wedding feast ever. The one who would make the decision about who is invited to that feast, namely those who would be bottom of the list. If it was based on our works, we wouldn't be invited. And that's why Jesus says, I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. Those who are poor and crippled and lame and blind, those who are spiritually dead, enemies of God. I have come to invite you. And when it comes to where to sit, I will give you the place of honor. 
I have chosen to reserve a table for you that is a place just for you because of the fact that I have forgiven you and redeemed you. And so Jesus lays and prepares the table. He invites the guests and he provides the price, his very blood, to pay the price for the times that not only have we broken rules of etiquette, but where we've broken God's holy commands, where we have not loved him with our whole heart and when we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Thanks be to God that he has chosen to invite you and me that he has chosen to make us his special guests and that he has decided to break the rules. He is going to invite sinners into the presence of the Holy God. May we in turn extend that same love and grace to everyone that we meet. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.